o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. little swish of the water before we went on here. A little swish. I had uh, lightly salted... Yeah, no, not, not, not the flush. Far different the flush is than the swish. Uh, lightly salted pistachios. Already shelled, because that's how I roll. Isn't it pistachio? Pistachios. And so I had them, uh, and uh, they're they're really good. And so I wanted to have uh, more than I probably should have. Because, you know, just a handful of nuts gives you a little bit of uh, energy boost, because it's protein. And usually every day before the show, I get a little, because I'm up so early, you know. And uh, I had a little residual pistachios in my uh, my mouth, unfortunately. Now that we've gotten through that, welcome in, everybody. It is the Patrick Johnson Show on a Thursday. We had a huge storm blow through here in the middle of the afternoon at the Working Man's Beach, Surf City. That's where I am uh, this week, and uh, this is where we're doing the show today. And we'll do a very special edition of the Patrick Johnson Show from... Tomorrow, more details on that in just a little bit. Plus, Brett Friedlander will be with us. Uh, looks like the ACC expansion talk has died down, but Brett covers the ACC for Saturday Road, so we'll uh, have some questions for him as far as uh, this wild week goes. Uh, he'll join us live via video feed coming up in just a little bit. But right now, we start things off as the Pirates. We're back on the practice field today in full pads. Mike Houston's assessment in our Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, this is Coach Houston's opening... Um, you know, I'll tell you what, it's, it's tested them now because it's... Uh, you know, shells Monday, back-to-back, fully padded practices the last two days, and then back out in shells today. Um, we've had some heat this week, and, uh, you know, pleased with, I'd say, 99% of the guys out there and how they responded today because everybody's got bumps and bruises and aches and pains right now. You know, you're reach, reaching the point in fall camp, you know, where it's kind of the, you know, the dog days, and every you don't know what day it is, and everything's running together, and it's just, you know, so it's a challenge, and you find out a lot about uh, everybody just mentally with how they, you know, how they push through it and how they overcome it and how they perform. You know, so guys that go out after three, you know, really high intensity practices, guys that go out, uh, and continue to, uh, to look good, perform, uh, have that competitive fight, uh, you know, it shows you a lot about them. So you're figuring out who you can trust and you're figuring out, you know, who's not ready. More from Coach Houston now in our Pirate Report, and uh, he gave progress on the install ahead of sun, uh, Saturday's first scrimmage. I don't grab everything, but we've got, I'd say, 85, 90% of it. You know, we don't, we've got, uh, we got some of our late game stuff we're going to work on tomorrow, uh, and then some of our special situations we'll hit next week. But we have enough in 
to where you know Saturday we're we're going to be able to just uh, you know tee it up, kickoff versus kickoff return, let the officials handle it and live spot everything and let let everything play out. And so that's what I want. And that way we're getting you know as close to game like situations as we can get uh, this Saturday and next Saturday. And then coach on what he is looking for Saturday. You know what I want to see Saturday. You know when when you, when you go from practice. You know, okay, now all of a sudden you go to a scrimmage situation. So you know the coaches aren't around the huddle. You know the the sidelines are. You know everybody's off the field, and so you're kind of out there by yourself as players. Okay, the same execution we've seen in practice all week. You know I've seen more and more guys just consistently day in and day out stacking days performing. Now game situation. Want we'll to see you continue to do that. So that's really the execution you're looking for. We're continuing on. Uh, Patrick Johnson show here at uh, coming up on 505 on this uh, PJ show Thursday. The eve of the get you to the weekend edition and uh, we'll tell you more about tomorrow's big show in a bit but right now uh, our pirate report post practice comments from Coach Houston as the uh, Pirates for the second time this week going full pads. Uh, coach, on how the corners have looked. I think Siobhan Ravel uh, has been very impressive so far in the preseason, and that's if you want one standout, that's it. Um, I think you got several other guys that have really had solid starts to the preseason. You know, IBM has been very solid. Um, pleased with how time of year is coming along. Coming along, Jonathan Jones, I think, has shown you know he's an experienced guy. Um, you know, Antoine, I think, uh, you know, continues to show his ability. Uh, so I think you got you got some guys, uh, you know, really, really playing well. Uh, Saturday will be uh, be important for them. Uh, more here on our pirate report, uh, and coach talks about Antoine Jackson, the 17 year old freshman. Yeah, I mean you're you're going to look at the full body of work, but um, you know that's going to be just like with the offense and defense. That's going to be a little bit more of a pressure situation. Uh, and it's you know it's not like you're getting two or three kicks. You're getting one kick. You either make it or you don't, and that's the way it is on game day. So uh, it'll be good to see uh, how we do in the stadium on Saturday. Uh, also, uh, the kicking competition, special teams, that's been an area that has been shored up. Here is uh, Coach Houston talking about the kicking competition. Highly competitive. Got a lot of guys doing a really good job right now. Uh, place kicking and punting. Uh, we have not kicked off as much. Uh, so Saturday will be important to kind of see, you know, Lath and, and Conrad uh, competing right there. But, uh, you know, very pleased. Um, I think we've got uh, multiple guys that are kicking the ball really well. Uh, and, you know, I'm really pleased with our punters right now, too. Uh, also on uh, today's Pirate Report, Coach uh, asked if uh, in-stadium means more evaluating kickers. So talking about Saturday. Thing impressed me today, you know, Camaro bounces a, a, a zone play, mid zone to the outside, and uh, you know, just ends up he's one on one with Antoine, and Antoine with a very, very physical thud tackle. You know, that was kind of the question you wonder about, uh, but he's shown himself; he's got some toughness to him. And when asked about JD Lampley uh, slimming down, this is what Coach had to say. Well, he is a little bit lighter. Um, I'd, I'd like to see him put just a touch back on. But, uh, you know, he, he's playing at a very high level. He, he is a very talented uh, young player. He showed that last year. I think his, you know, his athleticism has probably improved over a year ago. Um, still has very good strength. Uh, but, you know, that, that athleticism is going to allow us to play him at multiple spots across the front. 
which given our depth inside, I think is a really good thing. All right, so those are the comments of Coach Logan uh, following uh, yesterday or uh, today's practice uh, in full pants. Pirates will go helmets tomorrow, and then they will uh, – turn around and uh, have their scrimmage Saturday morning inside of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. We, of course, uh, will uh, bring you all the uh, post-scrimmage sound bites on uh, our uh, show here, and uh, we'll put the whole thing up on uh, Facebook uh, also as well. Uh, one of the other things that came out today uh, in the Step with the Pirate Report, the men's basketball team releasing their non-conference schedule. Eleven of the games will be played inside of Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum, and uh, that'll give the Pirates 20 home dates throughout the course of the season. We already know who the Pirates are playing home and away and at home. We just don't know the dates of that conference schedule yet, but the non-con has been released. Uh, Pirates will uh, open the season on Monday, November 6th against Ferrum. Ferrum out of the ODAC. And then uh, we'll play Campbell Saturday the 11th at Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum, followed by a game with USC Up State on uh, November 15th. And then the Pirates will be hosting the Pirate Classic. That will be the first multi-team event inside of Minji's since 1968 in the old ECU Classic. Pirates are going to be uh, playing three teams in that event. There will be a doubleheader each day. On the 19th, which is a Sunday, it'll be ECU and Northeastern. Bill Cohn and his program have been very competitive in the Colonial in uh, recent years. Georgia Southern will be in on November 20th. And then Kennesaw State on the 21st. Now, Kennesaw lost their coach. They had a record season uh, uh, last last year. Uh, But uh, Kennesaw will come in looking very different for sure. So that is the 19th of Sunday, the uh, 20th of Monday, 21st of Tuesday. The team will uh, travel to uh, George Mason on uh, November 25th, so the Saturday after Thanksgiving. They'll come back uh, after that road date against the Patriots for a three-game homestand. That will include the 69th meeting on November 30th between ECU and UNCW. Glad they're doing that at a time of year where uh, students will be uh, in classes still and you'll have a little bit of atmosphere in the building for UNC Wilmington. Uh, Pirates then will host Maryland Eastern Shore on December 4th. South Carolina out of the SEC on December 9th. That'll be a big one. On the 14th, they'll play another SEC opponent as they'll travel to Lakeland, Florida to take on the Florida Gators. And then back home to wrap up the non-con Delaware State on December 30th. And on December 29th, East Tennessee State will be in. And, uh, of course, the American and the university uh, will announce the things uh, that they'll be talking about after with um, the, uh, the, the the television assignments and the game times and that sort of thing. A lot of that will depend on television assignments. We'll see if uh, any games are picked up for linear television. I would think the South Carolina game may have a possibility to, but uh, we, will, we will see. Uh, so that is it. That is today's Pirate Report. Uh, some house cleaning for you as far as tomorrow goes. Uh, we'll be on our video platforms, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning uh, with Steve Logan as our special guest. Steve Logan's show will start two weeks from tomorrow as the Logan Zone returns to radio in eastern North Carolina, 5 o'clock on Fridays. Don't worry, we'll still be here on Fridays. We'll just be uh, 
following coach. So when he wraps up at six, we'll take the airwaves after and lead you into JH Rose football on uh, those uh, dates and uh, just have our show at uh, six to seven on the dates that Rose does not have football uh, during the uh, football season. So uh, looking forward to having Coach Logan on back with us. And we will have that uh, as a, have him as a guest tomorrow. And we'll hopefully have him as a guest from time to time throughout the uh, season uh, to uh, preview his show. But his show debuts two weeks from tomorrow. Coach Logan will be with us. Don't worry if you're on radio with us now, as you normally are during this drive home. Uh, we'll have the show for you tomorrow at 5 o'clock with Coach Logan's interview. Uh, and uh, we'll have a pirate report. We'll also have uh, other great guests, including Anthony Bowens, AEW wrestling star, as uh, AEW comes to Greensboro on Friday, or excuse me, Saturday night uh, for a TV, national TV broadcast. So we'll uh, talk to him, and we'll do, even do a little Hold My Beer, I think, for a Friday. That's the plan. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get the latest on the ACC expansion efforts. It looks like it is a an issue that is a dead issue, but we'll get the very, very latest from uh, Brett Friedlander. He'll be on with us uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show from SaturdayRoad.com covering the ACC. Friedlander on the PJ Show next. It's no big deal. Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game and the new IBX Media app. You can always check out the show on the uh, IBX Media app, as you heard there, in the Rejoiner. And uh, we uh, have the video stream, the audio stream, both live, of uh, this and our other IBX Media stations. And the podcast uh, in both uh, video and uh, audio form of all of your favorite IBX Media shows. This one, Talk of the Town, Voice the Colors with Steve and Igo, the uh, Logan Zone when it makes its return. Uh, Mark and Laura in the mornings from 107.9 WNCT. Uh, right now we uh, go to our uh, guest line where we are linked up with Saturday Road's Brett Friedlander. He joins us here on the PJ Show. Brett, how's it going? It's going well, and i got to tell you, I'm really impressed about that fish over your left shoulder there. Or actually, it's probably I, your right shoulder, but... Yeah, I didn't catch it. Just so you, I, it's my left, and I didn't catch. No, I didn't ah. catch that. By the way, that's yeah. that's. <laughs> if I were you, I would take credit for it because that's a pretty big fish. I think it's made of wood, so I don't think I can ah. take it. <laughs> but yes, I did catch it. Fought it for hours. Fought it for hours as uh, we dragged it into Fought the, the uh, checkout line there at the store. <laughs> yeah, I actually barehanded it out of the ocean. Uh, yeah, all right, Brett Friedlander is uh, with us. You know him from uh, Saturday Road. And uh, Brett uh, is uh, always on top of things. Last we talked to him, he was at ACC Media Days. A lot has happened since then. Uh, Let's just start with the very latest on conference expansion. Obviously, what happened with the Pac-12 imploding has uh, thrown things into a little bit of a tailspin the last week or so. So uh, let us begin with uh, the ACC, a league you cover for Saturday Road. And uh, what are they talking about as far as expansion? Because I know the conference... Commissioner or the uh, conference presidents and chancellors have, have met. The ads have talked. So, what's the latest? Well, the latest is no news is good news because uh, it doesn't appear that they're going to come to a consensus. They're talking with Stanford, California, and SMU at this point. Um, and while I, I guess there are financial uh, advantages to that kind of expansion, uh, I don't really see them. I'm not quite sure exactly what those teams bring. 
if they were really, really interested in, in expanding out west and bringing in the kind of revenue that Florida State wants, that probably Clemson, Carolina, Miami are looking for, uh, they would have fired a preemptive strike and gone out and got all the teams that ended up going to the Big 12. But now they're just picking over the carcass of what's left of the, the Pac-12. And to be honest with you, I don't see the advantage in that. It, it, reports indicate that, I guess, Notre Dame, who's the non-football member, the rich irony of that, is the one really pushing for Stanford and Cal. What's the rationale behind that? I'm not quite sure. Now, if, if Notre Dame was looking to come into the ACC as a full-time member, I could understand why, because they, they've got a scheduling agreement with Stanford. They've played them every year for the past 20 years, other than the COVID season. And they already play five to six games against ACC competition. So they would only need to add one or two more ACC games to play a full eight-game ACC schedule. So if that were the case, I could understand it. But, you know, this whole, well, there'd be two great academic institutions. I, I don't, I don't buy that because what do they add to football? And all you're doing is giving Florida State one more reason to get out because, uh, they're going to water down the product even further. So not sure what the, the rationale behind that. And I'm not sure what the rationale behind letting Notre Dame have a full voting chair, you know, say in the matter because they're not a full <laughs> all sports member. Yeah. Uh, Brett Friedlander with Saturday Road is, is with us uh, here. Well, I don't want to go too far down a path and not talk about some of the other things with this, but would this seem to indicate that Notre Dame is at least thinking of joining the league in football seriously? Because that's, that's the one that's the game changer for everybody with this expansion right now. Yeah, and, and see, I think it all depends on what happens with their negotiations with NBC. Um, everybody's kind of tapped out as far as money is concerned. Uh, the, the payouts aren't as big as that they were, as they once were, although because they've renegotiated since the ACC got their deal, uh, everybody else is making more money. But if, if the, if the, the deal with NBC is good enough, I think Notre Dame stays where they are. But if they feel like that it's not really there and that, that maybe if they add the ACC into it, uh, that they could get more money and, and do much better, then maybe they think, you know, seriously about it. The other aspect is once the 12-team playoff kicks in, you know, uh, right now the way the rules are, you've got to win a conference championship to be eligible to host one of those first-round games. And mm-hmm. unless they make a dispensation for Notre Dame as an independent, you're never going to play a home game. So, right. you know, maybe at that point they decide they have to get in. And by bringing in Stanford, you know, from that scheduling aspect, it, it kind of gives them that 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 option uh, if they need to come into the ACC in a couple of years. I, again, not to go down a path totally unrelated to this, but in a way it is related to this. Does uh, d- if you're the ACC who, who has botched this whole thing badly, and we'll get into that as well. Do you let Notre Dame negotiate independently their own football? contract kind of like the the Mountain West does with Boise? Here's what I would do. I would let them do that, but the ACC has that that secondary um, uh, package that is now being picked up by the CW because Mm -hmm. of the whole Bally situation. It's a short-term deal, and if I were the ACC, I would say, look, 
we did you a solid by letting you play with us in 2020 because otherwise you wouldn't have had anywhere to play and you would have had to take the season off. So now you owe us one. We want you to take that package and we want you to roll it into the NBC uh, you know, deal that you're getting ready to do. Maybe sell it to Peacock or Bravo or one of those. And, and maybe everybody kind of gets a little something out of the deal. I, I think that could work. And, and I think maybe that would be the stepping stone for, uh, for, for Notre Dame coming in because they would still have their own TV contract, but it would also be part of the ACC's deal. Brett Friedlander's with us uh, here. One more thing on, on Cal and Stanford. Again, Notre Dame's been the one kind of pushing this, apparently. It, those two, and, and I mean, you, you don't, obviously, with football, they bring questionable credentials. I don't know what kind of audience they bring, although both have enormous endowments. I mean, Stanford has an endowment that just funds scholarships. So, I mean, yep. Stanford's athletic program as a whole is, is, is a fine athletic program. Well, they always win the, the Learfield uh, Director's Cup yeah. every year. Yeah. So is there if is there a possibility of bringing in one or maybe just – Two or one in a combination of somebody well, else, or is that a tandem deal? Are they pretty yeah, I, pretty well I think it's a together on this? Deal. And then SMU is involved in, as, as well because I'm SMU ask you about that, sees yeah. what's happening, and and they want to get into a Power Five league because they feel like they're going to be left behind, and they're so desperate to do so, and they're so well endowed as far as you know their their scholarships and things. Um, that they're willing to forgo five years of revenue from the ACC. So their buy-in would be, we'll come in and we'll play for free for five years, and you can spread our money around to everybody else. Uh, and, and so that is, you know, the attraction for them. Uh, here's what I would do if I were Jim Phillips, if I were the, the Council of Presidents. Now, this is not to say they're going to do it because I don't know that they've got either the, the, the well, guts to yeah. pull it off or, right. or the insight to do it. But listen, the Big 12 is still a, a league in transition right now. Mm-hmm. And even with all the additions, they're still not making as much money as the ACC. If I'm the ACC, what I do is I bring in Stanford, I bring in California, I bring SMU in. But I go to the Big 12, and I try to raid their best football uh, products. I go get TCU. I go get Baylor which also, you know, gives you more of a foothold in, in, in Texas. I go right. get West Virginia, and I say, come on in and, and make it a big package deal like that, and then you can, you know, then we can talk. Get you up to 20 in football, which seems to be the number everybody wants to get to. You know and what else it would do, Patrick? It would give you a West Division and an East Division. Yeah, absolutely. You put all those teams that I just mentioned – along with, say, Notre Dame and maybe Syracuse and Boston College and Pittsburgh, and have them all be the Western Division. And then you have the ACC as, you know, you used to know it as the Eastern Division. Every sport except football just plays within their own division. So that way you don't have traveling across country, right? You just play, like, two different leagues. But in football, then you can cross-pollinate because of the TV, and everybody's happy, and you don't have to spend a fortune on travel. Right, and I think you have to – I think basketball has to factor in there somehow, and if you're going to do it for the men, you've got to do it for the women in that yep. case. So I, I think anything that is that revenue or t- covered under Title IX and under the revenue model, meaning women's basketball, I, I think you've got to have that be the true cross-country thing. But you know what, Again, Patrick? You could do that by having the men's teams and the women's team travel together. play the Well, you, know, you could, but, but we know we – know, now, Brett, we know certain coaches in both leagues 
would never dream of doing that. Never. <laughs> never know, dream the of old, doing that. The old guard is, go, is, is gone, though. At least it's, it's on the way out. Roy's gone, and Bayhawk's gone. Oh, no, there's some new guards. There are some pretentious new guards. Trust me, I've dealt with some yes, of them. So, as you have as well. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, Brett Friedlander's with us. Uh, SMU. I, you know, they're always knocking on everybody. They're, they're, hey, if you need me, I'm here. You know, they're always mm-hmm. calling every league around. If there's, if there's even an inkling that something could be uh, move that could be happening, the Big Twelve not taking them, I think, is is quite interesting. Pac-12 is obviously, I don't think, going to survive this thing at all. Yeah. Which is unless the Mountain West pulls something out miraculous uh, with them. And if Stanford and Cal were to leave, which isn't likely right now, then, then who knows? Where, how, does this, how did SMU get into the ACC conversation? Because SMU is willing to come in for free. That's why they're so okay. desperate. To, look, seriously, they, they are so desperate to get into a Power 5 league because they see what's happening. Because eventually, this is, you know, listen, there's going to be more than two leagues because, you know, once all this is done, the, the SEC and the Big Ten just can't play each other. There have to be other leagues involved. And so they want to be in the club when it happens. And if they're the AAC, chances are they're going to get left out in the cold and they're going to be whatever that second tier is. They want to be in the first tier, and they're willing to do pretty much anything to get in. Well, the Big 12 and the Big 10 and the SEC are pretty much full up right now, and the only, the only place where there's room now is the ACC. And they're basically saying, take us, take us, take us, because, you know, with, it's a rich kid's school. And you know they can afford to go five years without uh, w- w- without getting any TV revenue because they've got enough of an endowment that they can pull it off. Yeah, uh, Brett Friedlander, Saturday Road is with us uh, here. One thing that's not been talked about in any of this, and you did allude to it uh, as a way to alleviate this, but I mean, there's no consideration in any of this. ACC, Pac-12, Big Ten. Maybe the maybe the only one that where there's some consideration for geography and the good of the student athlete, if there's still such a thing, uh, is the travel with all this. I mean, the Big Ten, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And again, I think the solution to this is football breaks off and everybody else goes back to san- you know, sanity and geographic yeah. conferences. I mean, that's the only that's the only way this can work. And I think I eventually think, that's what's going to happen because everybody's going to go broke trying to travel and the kids are going to you know get get burned out. Um, you know, and I, I don't know when it's going to happen, how long it's going to take, but right. I, I can't see this as sustainable. I I think we're too far gone in basketball to be honest with you. I, we had a chance to do that. I just, I think, I mean, look what the Big 12's added with basketball programs. Yeah. That's the play that they're making. They are what they are in football, but basketball, they they view this because they're the best basketball conference right now, bar none. And this is where the ACC really messed up about eight, ten sure. years ago, is that right. they decided they were going to get in on the football pie, and they brought in Miami, they brought in Boston College, who was good at the time, they brought in Virginia Tech, who was great at the time, and all three of those schools have been garbage since they since they got here. They've all digressed, and I don't yeah. know if it's because of the competition, because of bad coaching hires, because guys stayed too, you know, Frank Beamer stayed too long. I don't know what exactly it was, but the gamble of on football failed miserably. And if they would have done something to, you know, strengthen maybe the basketball product uh, instead of watering down the basketball because they were trying to help football, 
and basically both ended up suffering, then maybe they'd be in a better situation today. Uh, Brett Friedlander's with us. Uh, Brett, could you hang through a break? Because I got a couple things I want to yeah. ask you about. All right. So Brett's going to stay with us for a break. Uh, through a break, we'll take this time out. We'll come back, and uh, we'll have more Brett Friedlander from Saturday Road right after this. We have you covered with all the ECU news and beyond that you need for the drive home. The Patrick Johnson Show on ninety four three. The game. Brett Friedlander, Saturday Road. Good enough to hang with us uh, here on the PJ Show. Uh, Steve Logan tomorrow. Hmm. Give us some more details on that coming up. You know, he returns to radio on our stations, Brett, uh, two weeks from Friday. So uh, he'll be here live Fridays starting uh, on the, uh, the final Friday of the month, 5 o'clock. You can download the IBX Media app and then listen to it live as he'll be on several of our stations from cap, from the capital yeah. of the coast, from 95 to the coast probably. Hey, as good of a coach as he, as he was, he's even better on the radio. Oh, he's, he's great. Amazing. He's fantastic. All right, so a couple key numbers here, uh, Brett. 12 and 15. The ACC, in order to add anybody, has to have 12 of the 15 members mm-hmm. uh, approve this. What is that number at right now from what you understand? <sighs> All I know is that there are four uh, schools that are vehemently opposed to this addition. Uh, there mm-hmm. are some undecideds in the middle that are, are can be swayed. But I'm not quite sure who they are, but I know that there are definitely four hard no's. So you can do the math. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they gotta have, they got to have one of those four turn to a yes, and yeah. then the others be swayed to say yes as well. Which uh, the is why 15th, I don't think it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, the 15th, do we, do we know who the schools are? We don't no, know. We do not, no, we do not, Okay. I the, can tell you that Notre Dame is one of the ones that's definitely in <laughs> yes, favor. Yes, we know Notre Dame is, is, is in favor of this. <laughs> uh, I would venture to say Florida State and Clemson are not. Spe- speculative. You know, I don't know what to think about Florida State at this point because I think Florida State loves the chaos that's going on right now because it gives them more of an excuse to be disgruntled and try to find a way out. Well, that brings me to the other day that we're talking about here, and that is the 15th. They, whoever can declare their intention by Tuesday – that they're not going to stay in the the league past the upcoming academic year is that and, and then yeah. okay so to explain that because then there's a, can... yeah so yeah. explain all that to the listeners so you have to uh, notify the league in writing by the fifteenth uh, that your intention is to leave the conference after this season so if you don't do it by Tuesday then you have to wait another full year to give the notice and then another full year after that to leave. So um, we shall see what happens. But if I have to predict, I would say that nothing is going to happen. Tuesday is going to come and it's going to go. Uh, uh, you know, oh, I think, uh, oh, go ahead, movement. Brett. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of frozen here, I think, but as long as you can get the yeah, audio. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, um, we hear you, so go ahead, yeah. So, but here's the thing. The Big Ten – is full, they're, and 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 they're moving westward. The Big Twelve has got enough newcomers right now that they just they, they've got their hands full. And Greg Sankey of the SEC has said, "We like where we are. We have no intention of of, of adding anybody." So where is Florida State going to go? The only option at this point for them is to become an independent. 
Now, unless they've got the Saudis or somebody else, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, bankrolling them to leave, it, it's just financially in, in, impractical for them to, to go. Because, number one, you got to pay $120 million just to get out. That's the exit fee. Now, they could probably pass the hat around to their donors and maybe come up with that money. But then they're going to go for 13 full seasons without any kind of television revenue, and that's going to be about a half a billion dollars. And that's a lot of that's a lot At of minimum. So, I mean, it could be. At the could minimum. Be, yeah. Right. I mean, this is over yes. a billion-dollar proposition to get out of this thing. Uh, Brett Friedlander's with us. Yeah, go ahead, Brett. The other thing is, now you've got to fill out a schedule as an independent. Now, Notre Dame can do it because they've got five or six games already guaranteed with the, uh, with the ACC. They play Southern Cal every year, they play Stanford every year, and they play Navy every year. So they really only have to have a couple of other games. And if you look at their schedule the last few years, they're still having trouble filling those. This year they play Tennessee Tech in Central Michigan, and you never, ever heard Notre Dame playing teams like that in the past. So good right. luck filling out a 12-game schedule if you're Florida State. So my prediction is that they're going nowhere, and the Tuesday's going to come and go, and 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 we're not going to, you know, we're not going to see any kind of craziness happening. So Florida State stays put, according to Brett. The Tuesday will come and go that deadline to declare whether you're going to stay. And I know we have people coming and going, joining us. Cal, Stanford, and SMU. It's been reported uh, have been in. It's been discussed to join the ACC. This is after the Pac-12 explosion and uh, implosion, and uh, SMU just wants to get out of the American. They want to go anywhere they can other than, than where they are. Uh, Brett telling us it doesn't look like this is going to happen, uh, as only 11 of the ACC schools, uh, and they need 12 to vote yes, only 11 are either a solid yes or could be swayed. There are four hard no's. All right, let me ask you this. I, I hear what you're saying on FSU, Brett. But, I mean, I'm, I'm also hearing them talk about it at the university level. This isn't an athletic director or a football coach running off at the mouth. This is their board of trustees. So I, I, that makes me believe there's a little more to this. All right, I think we might have lost Brett. Okay, well, appreciate Brett being on with us. Brett Friedlander from uh, Saturday Road. Let's see if he comes back, Clark, or maybe – try to get him on the phone, because I do want to get a, a couple more things uh, answered if possible. And uh, you should have his number, too, there, Clark, uh, in what I sent you and Michael earlier. Uh, yeah, I think he is timed out or no longer on here uh, with us. Yeah. So, uh, Clark, see if you can get him on the phone and let me know. Uh, a reminder that tomorrow we will be on at 10 in the morning on our video streams for uh, Steve Logan. We'll be talking to him uh, right off the jump at 10 o'clock. So if you're playing some hooky tomorrow or uh, been on vacation this week and just want to get away from the family for a little bit, uh, the wit and wisdom of ECU Hall of Famer Steve Logan uh, tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. You'll hear it right here during the 5 o'clock hour on radio. Other great guests and segments as well, but uh, Steve Logan, and we'll bring that to you uh, tomorrow. All right, uh, Brett is with us on the phone. Thank you, Clark. Uh, Brett Friedlander uh, from Saturday Road. Uh, I was going to ask you about uh, this. This this might be the last thing, but you always bring up points, and I want to I want to uh, you know follow up on on what you just said. So, Brett, let me ask you this: uh, this is this Florida State thing, and I hear what you're saying, and we understand the money. We've talked about it numerous times on this show. What I don't 
where I think there's a little more to this about their seriousness is this being talked about at the university level, at the board of trustees level. Not the AD talking about it, not a football coach running off of the mouth. This is being talked about by people who have that stake in the leadership of, of the University of Florida State. May not happen this time around, but this is really, if it's at that level, it's a serious discussion point, I have to imagine. It is, but they also have the responsibility of not just throwing the university into financial chaos, too. I think the end game on this is to, to either scare or intimidate the Wake Forest, the Georgia Tech, the Boston Colleges of the ACC, into giving Florida State a bigger cut of the pie. Uh, and, you know, to say, look, we're going to leave, and we're going to leave you out to dry. We're, you're going to be the, the Stanford and the um, Cal of the ACC out in wil- the wilderness trying to find a place to play. If you, if you don't play ball with us, and that means we deserve a bigger piece of the pie because we generate more interest in the ACC. I, I honestly believe that that is what the, the the end game is here because that grant of rights is really really ironclad. If if it wasn't, they would already have gotten out of it. Uh, you you can't tell me that lawyers from every school in that in that conference have been going over that with a fine tooth comb for the past couple of years. And look at Texas and Oklahoma; they would already be in the SEC right now if their grant of rights was breakable. But it's not, and they've got to wait till it runs out before they can move. So. I don't really know what kind of leverage Florida – I mean, they can complain, they can grouse, they can make threats, but I honestly don't understand and don't know what kind of leverage they really have. I think their their best play is to, you know, to see if they can get a bigger cut and just kind of hang out and, and, and maybe in about 2030 or 2031, when you're only talking about five or six more years, you know, that they would have to take the financial hit, then maybe it's worth it to, to break free. But right now, it, it – you know, it, it's to me financial suicide to 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 yeah, you just, just kind of say it. we're out of here. Yeah, you can't do it. All right, uh, Brett, that was the uh, question. I appreciate you hopping on the phone, and it was good to talk to you. Sorry about that. Take Technology care. Technology no. is not our friend. <laughs> Technology is great as long as it always works. That's what uh, they yeah. say in the radio business. So, hey, uh, great to talk to you, Brett. As always, I'm sure we'll talk to you again really soon. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks a lot, Patrick. All right, Brett Friedlander, Saturday Road, uh, SaturdayRoad.com, covers the ACC. It's like uh, the SEC site Saturdays down south, but it plays off Tobacco Road. Brett does an excellent job. Brett's uh, one of the best, uh, multiple award winner, and uh, is uh, is locked in. He's been great the last couple times we've had him uh, on the show. He's been excellent. So uh, if you're just joining us, uh does not look like that the ACC is going to take Stanford and Cal and SMU as there are four solid no's of the 15 members of the Atlantic Coast Conference, and they need uh, just three no's. They need 12 votes, uh, I, before they can uh, expand the conference, and it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. And, you know, I got word today that within athletics it's being talked about. You know, what what do those three bring financially to the table for the ACC? And, and outside of SMUs will show up and play free for five years, not a whole lot. Uh, they would have been, if Stanford and Cal brought something to the table from a monetary standpoint, they'd be in the Big Ten. Or they would be in the Big 12. But they just, they don't. Uh, a break and we'll come back. 
Doesn't our governor have better things to do? We'll talk about it next. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, North Carolina wide receiver Devontez Walker. Immediate eligibility waiver rejected due to new criteria that applies to two-time transfers. This is the thing that uh, has Cam Hayes' status for ECU basketball. A little uncertain at this point. The decision from the NCAA said multiple-time transfers who cannot demonstrate and uh, add a quality document uh, or adequately, excuse me, adequately document personal need for medical or safety reasons to depart the previous school are not eligible to compete immediately following their second undergraduate transfer. If you've got your degree, you're going as a grad transfer, you can, can transfer a second time and be immediately eligible. So Walker spent the last two years at Kent State. He's from Charlotte. Started his career at NC Central. So now UNC has appealed the decision on Walker's behalf, and that makes sense because that's where he wants to, to go and play. And the university wants him to play. Governor Roy Cooper has inserted himself into this. That's right. You're looking at a big sports fan right here. At least a big Tar Heel fan. I love sports. He does. So he says, unless he can shut the state down and prevent anybody from playing. The governor took to Twitter and... <laughs> I mean, this is unbelievable. Took to Twitter and talked about that he has sent a letter to the president of the NCAA, Charlie Baker, asking him to reconsider the NCAA decision on UNC wide receiver Tez Walker. Now, everybody's excited about this in the media because they're all University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill fans, as we know. They're all, they all got their, uh, media or uh, journo degrees from there, and they're all excited about this. This is ridiculous. Governor Cooper, it's it's just it's baffling that he would get involved in this. So will he write a letter for Cam Hayes, who's from Greensboro and started at NC State and then went to LSU and is now transferred to ECU and has two years of eligibility? Because if the NCAA decides the same thing, Cam Hayes will not play this year for ECU. Now, the Pirates, from what I understand, are not going to, they're not. They're not making it a situation where they're planning on that happening this year. They're they're prepared for it to not happen and, and happen what has basically happened to Walker with them. So I rarely talk about my social media because I detest it. Uh, not my social. My sexual social media accounts are pretty good. I just the concept of it, particularly Twitter or X or whatever it's called now, is a cesspool. And it's actually gotten worse to use. So, you know, I, I, little tweet quote, used the governor's Twitter handle in it and said, hey, governor, welcome, or uh, remember ECU hoops. May need similar support. Don't forget the pirates. There's a lot going on east of I-95. The thing about this is this, and I lived in Raleigh, and I worked with people in Raleigh with this attitude, and this is the attitude they have, that this is flyover country. This is the place they have to drive to get them to the beach. They have no earthly idea on a uh, state 
governance level, the struggles of Eastern North Carolina and Western Carolina for that matter, but definitely Eastern North Carolina, which could really use the help. It's just ridiculous. Why would you? Is there? Are there not? We have a budget. Can, can, you now you have no. He has no legislative power. He'll get vetoed on anything that he or overridden on anything he vetoes. But be in there and try to be helpful in the budget negotiations for the state. Don't be inserting yourself. Stick to don't stick to sports. Stay away from sports, Governor. It's absurd. It's just absurd. So, and look, I, what I text to the Gov was respectful and paled in comparison to some of the things that have been texted uh, towards uh, our guy, Governor Wimpy Cooper, after uh, he proudly uh, put out that he is petitioning the NCAA to let Tez Walker play. I love sports. He loves the Tar Heels. You're looking at a big sports fan right here. Unless Deputy Sheriff Cohen tells him to shut the whole thing down. All right. Patrick Johnson show for a Thursday. Good episode today. We'll be uh, one more day at the Working Man's Beach Surf City. We're going to be joined by Coach Steve Logan tomorrow. Excited about that. Um. I don't know if I can announce this yet or not. Well, I might. I've got the message on it. But uh, we've had Bush Light as our sponsor for our Pirate Game Day countdown for the last several years, and, and I understand they're going to be back. So we appreciate that in uh, 2023 as we uh, bring you our first uh, pregame. Nine in the morning on September 2nd. Uh, Terrence Copper will be back with us. ECU all-time great. Stephen Igo will be a contributor this year in a big way. Uh, we'll have Joe Sampson contributing in a big way this year on air, so we'll we'll have it covered, and uh, some other great analysts will be with us as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun uh, covering Pirate football this season on the fastest two hours in radio. The award-winning Pirate Game Day Countdown, 34th year. How about that? All right, thanks to Brett Friedlander for being with us today. Really looking forward to uh, tomorrow with Coach Logan and AEW wrestling star Anthony Bowens on the radio side tomorrow. We'll play a little Hold My Beer even. So all that coming up. We'll see you in the morning on Talk of the Town. The Big Hen's Gone Coastal. A dueling beach show tomorrow at 7 on Talk 103.7 and 96.3. And we will be here at 10 in the morning tomorrow on our video platforms with Coach Logan. And we will be back here tomorrow on radio at 5 o'clock with Coach Logan and more on the Patrick Johnson Show. Have a great evening, everybody.